Okay. Hi, everybody. It's so nice to gather uh, at this time. I, I don't see a lot of videos, but I, I love to see the names and faces right now. So my name is, some of y'all know me already, and some of y'all don't. So I'm just going to introduce myself. My name is Rabbi Ariel Scholklapper. I teach, um, I have a pulpit. I teach in a synagogue setting, and I'm also a practitioner of and teacher of mindfulness for the better part of the last decade. Um, and I've been teaching all over. I've been, I started my journey in Israel and continued in Los Angeles. And, uh, and then I've taught, since then I've taught all over the country in Houston and in uh, all kinds of settings. So I love it. Um, I visit congregations of all faiths to um, to teach to teach this practice. It's a spiritual practice that translates across all kinds of boundaries. So what it's done for me is is it gives me a sense of peace and calm and connection, not just uh, for myself, but in a in what I see is actually a deeply spiritual way. Can, I'm able to connect and integrate my mind and my body and my soul and my spirit in a way through this practice that I didn't have before. And that helps me to thrive in my life. And it was a mistake that I came to it. I was not in anticipating this as, a, as the outcome. I thought, I actually thought I was going to be sitting on a beach with an umbrella drink. That's what I thought retreat meant. Um, but as you know, this practice is actually, um, is actually a little bit more work than that. And, uh, but, the, but the reward is, pay, it, the payoff is actually quite incredible. And that's why we keep doing it. I just want, I want to express gratitude, my gratitude to a whole bunch of people today this is the first time that we're Zooming. Um, and it's really because of a lot of people, but uh, Doreen Badigauer-Cohen, who sponsored our subscription to this, uh, to this platform. We couldn't have done it without you, so thank you. And Karen Hurwitz is always just working hard to make sure that we continue to meet and that this very important service doesn't go Un, unnoticed and um, and that we have continuity. So I think we thought we wouldn't have a group tonight, but we do. So that's a great thing. Thank you so much, Karen. And the synagogue as well. So thank you to the synagogue, Beth Yashurin, for supporting, for supporting us. And um, we're also live right now. We're live on Facebook. So there's a, a group called uh, Staying Centered Through Coronavirus Fear and Anxiety. If you're interested in joining, let me know afterwards. That's hosted by my dear friend, Kaylee uh, Zaytuni, who is just one of the most amazing humans that, um, that God has put on this planet. And, um, and, and, I, and I also just want to thank God 
right now for the ability to do this for the for the group for the for the awareness that we have the ability to transform ourselves through this practice so we'll do two practices together today we'll do one uh pretty soon pretty shortly and then i'll talk about some of the themes from within our sacred tradition to help us during this time then we'll do a second practice and both of these practices that i'll be teaching can be done at home when you're done with this call, you can just, you know, you, I think you'll, I think it'll be on Facebook Live, so you'll be able to play it back for yourself if you really wanted to. But all you really need is a timer and a quietish space. And I'm happy to support anybody's practice if they just want to get started on their own to not feel so lost in terms of what to do uh, first. So Moses is at the burning bush and he turns aside and sees that this bush is burning but not being consumed and he's being called by the divine energy to do a mission to go and free the people from oppression and moses does what we do as humans he wants to give God a name, but what name, uh, what name should I tell people I'm working on behalf of? And the divine energy doesn't actually give a response uh, that is satisfying to us humans and not to Moses either, not to Moshe either. The response is, I'll be with you. If you want to know, what I am, just pay attention. So every time we are connected, every time we are aware, that is a moment of connection with the divine. Our ability to know what is arising, our ability, that spirit, the force that is keeping us alive, actually, the thing that allows us to notice what's happening right now, that is the divine. That is the thing that connects us to all other things. So that's what we have to practice. Our human distortion is to try to expand the definition beyond that. We want to know how is it going to be in the world and how what can I get a guarantee of what the next thing will be? And if I do good, will I be rewarded? That kind of stuff. Um, but that's not how it works. That's really just not how it works. If you want to know the divine, pay attention. Just pay attention. And that aspect of you that can pay attention is you connecting with the divine. That is all over our sacred traditions. There's a great story about the beginning of creation of humans that the angels catch wind that the divine is going to put a spark into every human and they get upset and they say we can't let those humans know that they're divine they're going to do who knows what they'll do with that so let's hide it and they go through a list of places they might hide it in the desert and in the woods and on top of the mountains at the bottom of the ocean 
And they, for each one of those, realize that eventually human beings are just, they're going to get it. They're going to find that. Eventually, these humans are rascals. They'll find everything. So they said, you know where we should hide it? Why don't we hide it right inside them, a place they'll never look? Why don't we hide that divine energy, that spark, in a place where they'll have a hard time finding it because it's right there. It's so obvious. And so that's what we practice. That's our practice. Our practice is strengthening the ability to connect with that incredible energy, to know what that force is showing us, the reality of what it's showing us. Not what we wish would be, not what we hope, but what actually is. I'll be with you. You just have to pay attention and know that I'm with you. So this, this meditation is just a practice to help us do that, to connect with that over and over. And the research has shown that this particular practice that we'll do, we'll do a breath practice in just a moment. We'll get started. So get comfortable wherever you are. This practice with just 10 minutes of the practice on a daily basis, you can notice actually major shifts in your uh, your calm, in your entire body, in your mind. It actually resets the damage that is done by trying to multitask, which we know that we can't really do as humans. What we, do, what we can do is task switching, which is also just not good for our minds to do it, it distorts us so this so this is what we're gonna do we're gonna do a breath practice now the practice how it actually works is not intuitive you would think that if we are going to practice a breath practice that we're going to pay attention to our breath that if i'm not paying attention to my breath then i'm not getting it right but actually this is a getting lost and found practice so doing it right, what it looks like when you're doing it right is, so we're going to pay attention to our breath. Inevitably, because we are human beings, because we have a brain that does thinking, it, that's what it does, is it's going to pull us away. We're going to get lost. And then we're going to notice that we are lost. And we're going to bring our attention back to the breath. And just that training, that ability to get lost, notice that we're lost, and then make the decision to come back to the breath is actually, that is the medicine. And what I want to suggest to us is that the ability to pay attention is our divine spark. That when we are in that noticing, like even right now, just hearing, looking, seeing, noticing the other sounds around us, the ability, when we are noticing it, that's connecting with the divine spark. So the practice that we do is to over and over, over and over, return our attention to the fact that we can pay attention. It's subtle. It's right there. And it's so simple, but so hard to actually do all the time. So we practice it in a setting like this so that we can access it later when we're 
you know, right now, I guess now when we're Skyping, whoever we're Skyping or on FaceTime or on a phone call or on a text, getting a text message we don't love to see or watching the news, it's to go back to it there in those times to have that wisdom that we can come back to. So here's the practice. I'll teach us the practice and then I'll ring a bell. I've got a little bell, but I've noticed that whenever I've watched other people teach on Zoom, when they ring a bell, it kind of just, I don't know, it doesn't really work that well. So I'll ring the bell. You may not be able to hear it because sometimes I think Zoom kind of thinks that's an extraneous sound and it, it, it um, kind of filters it out. So I'll ring a bell. Hopefully we'll hear it. If we don't hear it, then I'm just I'm gonna bring us in and out of the meditation anyway. And we'll sit together for 15 minutes. And this is a calming practice. So I'm gonna ring a bell and then we'll practice together. So I invite you to close your eyes if you are comfortable doing that. And if you're more comfortable with your eyes open, I invite you to keep them open. Just uh, keep them open, but not focused. You're not really looking, you're not using them to see anything. You're, you're just keeping them open so that you feel comfortable with them, you know, that nobody's going to sneak up on you or something. I don't know what, or to keep you awake. So I'll ring a bell and just listen. So we'll be listening. First, we'll just listen to the bell. And when we finish, we'll also just listen. If we can hear the bell, we'll see if we can hear the bell. listening now to the sounds. If we can hear outside of our house. Now inside of our space, wherever we're sitting. Maybe you can even hear your own body. Now bringing your attention to your body, noticing that you're being supported by the earth beneath you, that actually you can perhaps let go of some of the tension, the over-efforting, You're being held. So let's see if you can let it go. Let go of any of that extra tension in your body. Now bringing your attention to your breath.
See if you can notice your entire breath. Expanding and contracting through your torso. You can notice your chest rise and fall. Your belly expanding and collapsing. I want to invite you also to notice that your breath is broken up into at least four distinct parts. There's the inhale and the exhale. But there's also something not quite inhale and not quite exhale. You might describe it as full. A moment when you're right in between and the same on empty, the transition between exhale and inhale. So you'll notice the inhale, full, exhale, empty, inhale. And it may even help you to label each one of those with a number, one through four. One, inhale, two, full, three, exhale, four, empty. If the numbers help, great. If not, back to the breath on its own. And if you notice that your attention wanders away making the decision to come back. And celebrating the fact that you, at that moment of awareness, are actually in touch with your divine, the spark within you that is connected to all things.
if we notice our attention is being pulled away. Just gently bringing yourself back.
Just listening to the sound of the bell now. Taking a deep breath in and really taking a very slow, extended exhale. And another deep breath, breathing out as if through a straw. Very slow, extended. And when you're ready, Wiggle your fingers and toes. And return back to the collective space. Just letting the, noticing how, how different we might feel from the beginning when we just gathered to now, it doesn't take a lot of practice to feel some yield, especially once you develop the practice, especially once you develop it. So I wanna talk about three different themes here. I'm not actually 100% sure that I'm being heard, so I want to get just check in to make sure that that we're we're hearing each other. I do see a few videos. Okay, good. Thank you, Judy. <laughs> um, good, good, good. So I want to talk about three things that I think are really important for this particular time that we're in, which. I think is a pretty unprecedented time in everybody's uh, memory. It certainly is in mine, but I, I do think that the spiritual path is equipped with the answers that we need for times like these. And so I want to bring some of them forth. I want to bring some of those forth. The, the three I really want to talk about are interconnectivity, our, our inherent oneness, um, the power that we actually have. Um, so interconnectivity, our, our power, and, and the truth of change. So I think those are three, three themes. It's a lot. I think I could probably spend a session on each of those, but I do think that those are critical pieces to address today together. And that is both my own sense, but also the wisdom of Sylvia Borstein, who uh, I spoke with before, before uh, teaching, before deciding to teach this week, or on deciding how, what to teach this week. I, I sought her guidance, and she is, she's in her uh, early 80s, almost mid-80s now, I think, and she's in the Bay Area. She's been she's been uh, 
uh, shelter in place for the last few days. So, um, and she's a, she's an amazing person. If you don't know her, her, she's amazing. So the, I think the first piece of this, the inter interconnectivity is really critical. And it's something that we tend to forget pretty easily. But I think the tradition is telling us when we say the words, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, we say, listen, Israel. The divine is above all of us. It is one. It is one. What do we mean by one? To me, it seems pretty obvious that being one means if the divine is one, then me too. And the rest of us too. There is no difference between me and you and the rest of us. That actually we are all interconnected. We are all part of one thing. There is no separate existence. And we we delude ourselves, we kid ourselves into thinking that maybe we are separate. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know what goes on in the minds of other people. And it's true. That's true. Right. And I don't decide for other people what they will do. That's also true. But at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same, we're all part of the same thing. We're all cut from the same cloth. The fact that we exist is all because of the one existence, the divine energy that is responsible for all of us being able to be alive. And at a time like this, it's really hard to avoid that, to notice that actually it's not just about me, right? We, we might feel like, oh, I have to just take care of myself and only myself, but we're connected to every other person. You think it's just me, just us, just our family, just our community, that we're somehow separate. But when we have times like this, it makes it really abundantly clear that there is no separation, that all of that is just an illusion. We can't get food without other people. Like literally, the power is on in my house because somebody else is generating the power. You know, it's like the internet right now is happening because there's people who are allowing, you know, it. somebody built the computer. I didn't do it. There's so many pieces of our existence that we take for granted that are way beyond us, that are way beyond any single one of us. Even the, even the group of us together, it's beyond that. And that's what the divine is. And that is not so far from us. That actually is right here. And when we're aware of that, that we actually each have the capacity to tap into that 
in any given moment. All it is is one breath away, not even. It's just the realization away. All we have to do is just remind ourselves, I'm part of something big, way bigger than I can even imagine for myself. I think that I find that that actually is freeing and comforting that I can remember actually it's when I, when I start to get bogged down, when I start to forget that I, to, that I'm part of something big, that I start to take on responsibility more than my measure or less than my measure. I start to forget that I actually have a responsibility not only to myself, but to other people around me, to all of the people I interact with. That's actually, you know, that's why I teach this. It's not for me. I, I, I'm much more comfortable being by myself alone. I'm an introvert. I don't need attention. I actually don't like it. And yet, I have something that can help other people. And so it's my duty to give that to other people, to pass it around, to enrich other people. And that's the second piece of being empowered. There's this old kind of like, I don't know if it's Zen or Buddha. I don't know. The story is like a, a butterfly flaps its wings in Minnesota and, you know, a gale is, gale force wind is formed. You know, it's like the ripple out effect. That's, that's what it's trying to say. And I see that image all over the Jewish tradition too. And Rambam in his, what I think is actually possibly the most important part of his entire like legal codification of the Talmud in his Mishnah Torah. In the beginning, he says that first few chapters, the Yesodei Torah, which I, he calls it the foundations of Torah. I think that a lot of people skip it because they think, oh, I don't want to know the foundations. I want to know this. It's like, tell me the answer. Right. But I think if you skip the foundations, like there's no, it's like trying to build a house without building first the foundation it's like oh no i'll build the roof first like no that's not how houses are built right like you have to have the foundation first so here one of the things he talks about is that we have to imagine ourselves at every moment as if the entire world is the deeds of the world are being weighed in the balance that on one side of the scale are all the good things that people are doing and have done. And on the other side of the scale are all of the not so good things that people are doing and have done. And that in every moment, our job is to feel as if the entire world will be set off balance in one direction or another based on the next thing we do or say, the next way we act. And that that's our job is to tip the world to the good in every moment. And this moment is that moment. This is our, this is our time to do that. So I know that we have, we might feel like there's nothing I can do about this virus. And that's not totally true. We do have the power 
we do have a tremendous amount of power to change this world, even within the parameters we're in right now. So you can send a text message to somebody telling them you're thinking of them with a little heart emoji or a little kissy emoji, or I don't know what, just saying, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. I'm hoping you're well. You can send a little video recording. You can send a Facebook post. You can make a call. You can get on Skype. You can get on FaceTime. There's a lot of ways. You can even go old school and write a letter. And then, you know, in a few days, <laughs> I don't know how long it takes to send to, for a letter to arrive. But you can do that too. There's so many ways that we can put good into the world in every moment. And we need to remember that. That's what the, our tradition is trying to teach us. That's what Rambam is trying to teach us. That's what I think we need to hold on to right now, to remember that actually we have great power to shift the balance of the world with every one of our actions. Just put one more positive thing into this world. And the last is the truth of change. So we're, we're gathering now in, in Houston. We've shifted from light to dark. Um, we, we've, uh, in, in New York, if you're in New York time or wherever you are, it's eventually going to happen in L.A. in a few hours. There's a bunch of people in L.A., I think, on this call. The wisdom that I learned from my, my teacher, Rabbi Jeff Roth, of the first line, of our nighttime prayer, the the Mariv prayer, is Golel Or Or. You roll the light away from before the darkness and the darkness from before the light. It's bringing our attention to the truth of change, the eternal truth of change that actually at every given moment, things are changing. And our job is not to be so stuck on what has just happened or trying to anticipate, because we're very bad at anticipating what will happen, right? We need to be prudent for sure. We need to take measures to make sure we're going to be okay, to take care of ourselves. But we also need to understand that things will change inevitably, that actually the one constant is the change. And my, and Sylvia mentioned this to me when I was talking to her. She said, anyone who understands impermanence ceases to be contentious. I think it was a quote from the Buddha. But it's true, right? Torah is Torah. It's truth. When we stop, when we, when we embrace the fact that things will change, that is how it works. Things are going to shift. Then we can stop fighting. We can stop fighting. But we can know what is, what actually is. And, and in those moments, actually just be comforted by, grateful for the fact that we, that that, that, part of us that is able to exist right now is there. It's right there. The ability to pay attention, to notice what's happening, it's right there. It's one breath away, one realization away. This is what it is. This is not nobody's ideal version of the world. 
that we're living through right now. Nobody like wishes for this kind of moment in history and time. And it is, it is what it is. It's not going to go away by me resisting it, right? It's just, so I need to just, for myself, I need to accept it and know that it's going to change, right? Just like when the sun goes down, I don't lament that it will always be dark. I know tomorrow a new day will shine. That's what it is right now. That's a, that's a tool for resilience, of an understanding that change is inevitable and continuous and will always continue to happen. So in order to support us in what I think is not the easiest of times we've, ever, we've all gone through as a collective, I want to point us to the moment before the burning bush when the divine reveals why it is coming into existence and why it is coming to bear on that particular moment and what it can teach us about our own ability to pay attention. The divine in that moment comes to, Mo to Moses, arrives and makes itself known to Moses because of the suffering. It says, I've seen the suffering. I, I've heard the suffering of the people, the oppression of the people. It's a compassionate understanding. It's a compassionate force in the world, noticing what's not going well and reaching out to help people. So what, I'll, I'll, what we'll do in a moment is we'll go through the practice of sending God's love, the divine love and compassion we're tap, we'll tap into that energy. The ability that we have to pay attention is a compassionate attention, can be in a, a compassionate attention, a loving attention. And what we'll do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ring the bell. I'll lead us through a, an exercise to help us remember what it feels like to be loved, to feel compassion, to bring loving attention. And then we'll cycle through in, during that time, blessing people in our lives that could use some of that energy, that, that love, that compassion. We'll send them through a blessing. We'll say in our minds, in our heart, may you be blessed with love. And we'll try to, if we can, bring that feeling of love in our body and send it outward to those people that we're thinking about right now. And every five people, so we'll, we'll you know, you'll send it to, I don't know, we'll go, go down your own list of your immediate people you want to love that are easy for you to love. And every five people will turn it inward we'll turn that loving kindness to ourselves because we are also going through this. So just allowing that energy to come through. So let's do it. So get your, get yourself ready, seated. I'll ring the bell.
and we'll practice for 10 minutes this way. We're going to use our memory now to recall a moment when we felt loved. You may have been just a very little kid, or maybe it is a recent memory, a moment when you felt seen, cared for. and see if you can feel what it feels like now in your body right now. What does it feel like to feel loved, to feel seen? It's okay if you can't, the intention is important. And for the next nine minutes, sending that blessing, sending that feeling out to the people you love. It could be the same five people, it could be a list of 100 people that will take you the duration of our time together. But pausing for each one, may you be blessed with love and sending that energy out to them. making sure to also take a moment for yourself. May I be blessed with love. Allowing the divine spark to move through you.
If you lose the thread of the feeling of love, you can go back to that memory. Refreshing for yourself, that feeling. And then continuing to bless
taking a few breaths, deep inhales, very slow extended exhales, tapping into the calm that is within each one of us, tapping into the divine spark, which is within every one of us and within all things. and rejoining the group when you're ready. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you everybody for joining today. It's so nice to see your beautiful faces or names or phone numbers on this uh, on this thread. So go go and share the love. The the love works best when you share it out into the world. So Make sure that the people you're thinking about that you're blessing, you communicate that to them, even if it's just a quick note. And hang in. Hang in. Keep knowing the change. Keep knowing what's what's changing and responding as, as needed. And if you, you want to stay up on uh, more content, um, my Facebook page, I'm posting a lot of stuff now. I'm releasing a lot of free content to uh, that I normally reserve uh, for uh, clients, paid clients. Um, and so so it's uh, really, uh, I'm trying to release a good amount of resources on a regular basis. So keep up with that this way. Uh, this group will continue to meet in this format, I think. Um, Karen will confirm that via email. If you're not on the email list and you want to be, uh, let me know, uh, and we'll make sure that you we connect you with Karen. And uh, again, thank you, thank you to everybody who made this possible, from Karen to Doreen, uh, the synagogue, Kaylee, you're amazing, um, and uh, and God, thank you, thank you, Divine Energy, for bringing us together for. Um, for helping us to maintain our spirits in this uh, in this time and uh, to stay resilient and calm and because that's the the place from which we respond best to the world and uh, and this loving practice is so important, my friends. Really, you have to give yourself the love. You have to. Um, it's. Um, I know that for myself, when I feel loved, I act the best. There's no better version of me than a. a a feeling loved version of me. So um, thank you. Thanks, everybody. And um, happy to happy to connect with anybody who needs it. See y'all next week.